we had only Russian language after Russians came. Like they just erased everything related to Ukrainian and Crimean Tatar. So they wanted like to change the identity of children. Her videos are banned in Russia. But she's gained a following on social media talking about her homeland, Crimea. And this is the biggest lie you can hear about Crimea. On this episode of Ukraine Watch, I talked to a Crimean Tatar activist about living abroad, telling her story, and preserving her culture. Nice to meet you, Leah. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. You know, I listened to a conversation you had in Spanish about a year ago. My Spanish isn't perfect, but um, your background was really interesting to me. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, so where are you from? Uh, I'm from Crimea. Uh, I'm 21 years old. And at the age of 12, when the occupation of Crimea happened in 2014, my home, my whole family moved to another city in Ukraine, in Kherson, to Kherson. And we lived there for four years. And then we just decided to move to Europe, uh, specifically to Spain. So we moved from Crimea because uh, we, um, didn't accept, we didn't want to accept the Russian occupation of Crimea. And we didn't want to have Russian citizenship because we are Ukrainians and we have Ukrainian and Crimean Tatar identity and we just didn't want to change it. Uh, so, and it was impossible to live under Russian occupation without Russian citizenship and um, many pro Ukrainian people, they were just, um, um, Russians persecuted them. So we decided to leave. So when you were leaving, tell me about what was going on. I know you were much younger then, but what do you remember about what was going on in Crimea at that time? I was studying uh, in, in the middle school and I was studying in Ukrainian class. Like all my subjects, I had all my subjects in Ukrainian. And in my school, we could choose in which language we can study in Crimean Tatar, in Russian or in Ukrainian. Uh, but I remember when the Russians came, they just changed my class to Russian. And they also changed Crimean Tatar class to Russian. So in my school, um, we had only Russian language after Russians came. Like they just erased everything related to Ukrainian and Crimean Tatar. So they wanted like to change the identity of children. You know, and then I remember um, there were a lot of Russian propaganda. Um, they just told us that Ukraine is no more our homeland and that we have to accept Russian. In my school, we just studied in Ukrainian language. We sang Ukrainian songs and I read Ukrainian books. So I didn't really understand why I have to change like everything. I remember like how the life in Crimea changed because we started to see always Russian troops and Russian tanks uh, just uh, in the streets. Like I remember how everything changed. There is no Ukrainian and Crimean Tatar languages anymore. At all. So there you couldn't study in Crimean Tatar no. anymore in Crimea. No, no. no. Now That's... you can study in these languages. 
That's the one subject that always gets ignored whenever there's a conversation in the media about Crimea is the indigenous population. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, okay. you know, the question is always, is Crimea Ukraine? Is it Russia? But there's another piece to this puzzle, right? Yeah. Uh, Crimea Tatars. Uh, like in Crimea, we have three indigenous peoples. It's uh, Crimean Tatars, uh, Krimchaks, and Karaims. And um, unfortunately, due to the, the Russification of Crimea and Russian propaganda, many people have forgotten about the real owners of Crimea, especially foreigners. Um, and, um, and also there are many false uh, assumptions about their origins because Russians tried to impose the idea that Crimean Tatars are the invaders in Crimea. So it's important to understand that the Crimean Tatars were formed as a nation on the Crimean Peninsula, and they are the descendants of various nations and tribes who lived there in different times. And they did not come to Crimea from Asia. Like it means that they were formed in Crimea as a nation and it makes them indigenous. But Russians, they always uh, wanted to change this fact and Russians always say that Russians are indigenous in Crimea. But in fact, um, they are just colonizers. So when Stalin deported Crimean Tartars from Crimea during the Soviet Union, was your family affected by that? Yeah, yeah. My whole, fa my whole family, they were living in Feodosia um, and Kerch. And they were deported to Ural, one part of my family, and another part of my family were deported to Uzbekistan. Okay, so, so without entirely, right, out, entirely away from Crimea, entirely yes, outside. Yes, 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 just in one day, uh, without a right to return to Crimea. And they could um, come back to Crimea just in after the collapse of the Soviet Union. So when Ukraine declared independence, your family came back to Crimea? Yes, exactly. Okay. So they just uh, had to start um, their life uh, from zero because their old homes, their old houses in Crimea were occupied by Russians. Like, uh, because after the deportation of Crimean Tatars, Russians just relocated many Russians from Russia to Crimea and they started to live in our houses. I think the same situation uh, happened in Ukraine, in the Eastern Ukraine. Where where people were deported and then yeah, yeah, yeah. just came in and took their stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or during um, Holodomor, when many people in Ukraine died and then many Russians also came to, uh, to Ukrainian houses to live. So just for those who don't know, you're talking about Stalin era in the 30s when the Soviets collected all the grain in Eastern Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. Not only in Eastern Ukraine, but who Ukraine? Well, in, in uh, Soviet-occupied, I guess you could call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk more about your story. Um, as a Crimean Tartar, did you ever feel like your culture or language or anything was um, under attack or oppressed during the period of time when Ukraine was in charge? Uh, during Ukraine? Yeah. Uh, not really, but how can I explain it? Like our language and our culture 
were always under attack because of Russians. Because when my family, for example, when my family were deported to Uzbekistan, they couldn't use Crimean Tatar language in schools, in the streets, because no one understood them. And, and many people, they just switched to Russian language. So, for example, in my family, uh, just my grandmother, she can speak uh, in Crimean Tatar language as a native, but then my mother can speak it uh, uh, worse, and I can't speak it. I'm just learning Crimean Tatar. In a way, the culture and the language was, they attempted yeah. to erase it because of the deportation. Yes, 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 yes. When Crimean Tatar started to return, of course, like uh, we started to... Um, uh, create uh, schools in Crimean Tatar language, but it's a long process. And you know, like the government in Ukraine were not pro-Ukrainian at all, so we didn't have support. Um, but now I think the situation will be better when you uh, when Ukraine will deoccupy Crimea, um, because even now in Ukraine uh, there are many projects, many many projects that um, help uh, to revive the Crimean Tatar language and culture. So have you heard any news from back home about how the Crimean Tatar community is being treated in Crimea? Yeah, um, like from the very beginning of the occupation of Crimea, the Crimean Tatars, they showed their position that Crimea is Ukraine. So many uh, Crimean Tatars were persecuted and repressed for their pro-Ukrainian views, uh, because our very existence in Crimea contradicts the Russian myth of Crimeans who want to be with Russia. Uh, the situation has worsened since the beginning of the full-scale war in Ukraine. Uh, arrests, kidnappings of activists, uh, searches in the houses of Crimean Tatars, the banning of their language, deportations and tortures. Like this is the, the reality of today's Crimea. You talk a lot about these subjects in your videos and social media posts. That's how I found you. Would you consider yourself an activist? Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm an activist and um, a volunteer right now. And um, I'm trying to uh, spread Crimean Tatar culture and the true history of Crimea. And, and the Crimean Tatars among Ukrainians and foreigners. So do you encounter a lot of people who, when they talk to you about Crimea, don't know anything about Crimean Tatars or the true history of Crimea? Of course, like, there are a lot of people in Europe uh, and around the world that don't even know about the existence of Crimean Tatars. Like, and they thought that Russians uh, have always lived in Crimea, so they can decide the fate of Crimea. But this is not true, and we know that it happened because Russians, like Russian propaganda, worked worked like that in the world that people forget forgot about the existence of uh, the indigenous people of Crimea. But before Stalin deported the Crimean Tartars, they were a significant part of the population there, as far as I understand. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, like by 1944, there were almost 30% of Crimean Tartars. 
because um, like when Russia firstly occupied Crimea in 1783, uh, there were 90% of Crimean Tatars, but every year these numbers declined because Russians first forced uh, Crimean Tatars to emigrate to other countries like Turkey and other countries um, because they just took our, um, our lands and um, Crimean Tatars, they just um, got many repressions and persecutions. They were persecuted during a Russian empire, so they couldn't live in Crimea peacefully. So they just had to immigrate to other countries. So then in 2014, I think a lot of times you hear about the referendum that Russia held after they occupied Crimea, and they said over 90% of people voted to have Crimea rejoin or join Russia. Uh, but the Crimean Tartar community didn't take part in that referendum, famously. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. This referendum was illegal, and we didn't go to this referendum. My whole family, my friends and relatives, they didn't attend it. I think only Russians went uh, there. And um, I remember there were many protests of Crimean Tatars and some Ukrainians that lived in Crimea, um, that opposed the Russian occupation of uh, Crimea. It actually, uh, uh, Crimean Tartar was just appointed uh, the Minister of Defense in Ukraine. I don't know if you heard yeah. about that. Yeah, 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 I've heard about it. That's, I think that's the first time in Ukrainian history that a Crimean Tartar has taken up uh, such a high-ranking position in government. What's your take on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a positive sign uh, for the Crimean Tatar community because like uh, like you said before 2014, we couldn't even dream about this. Like Crimean Tatars and indigenous people, they did not occupy such high positions, uh, political positions in Ukraine. And now it's possible. And also I know that he was an advisor to the leader of the Crimean Tatars, Mustafa Jemirev which means that he can be trusted. And I think the occupation of Crimea is already very near. So it's a good sign, I think, because it's the person who knows Crimea. What would you say, I don't know you're not maybe a political analyst, but what would you say to people who would argue, well, you know what, um, if Ukraine takes back Crimea, that makes the world that much more dangerous because we don't know what the Russians would do. What do you say to people who say that? I think that if we don't take Crimea, it would be much worse. The Russians, they use Crimea as a military base uh, to attack Ukraine. And all these nine years of occupation, like uh, before the full-scale invasion, they just built bridges, uh, they built roads, not for people, but um, to attack Ukraine like to transfer their military equipment, you know, tanks, etc. Like if we don't capture Crimea, I think it's possible. Like I'm sure that Russians will attack Ukraine again. So the only key to stop the war with Russia is uh, to uh, take Crimea back to Ukraine. You mentioned building bridges. That's one thing I think that surprises people often who don't know the geography is that uh, 
there is really no land bridge between Crimea and Russia. Yeah. Crimea is a peninsula off the southern part of Ukraine in the Black Sea. Yeah. Um, and the Kerch Bridge that gets attacked every once in a while by Ukrainian drones is really the only connection other than the occupied territories right now in Ukraine. And so it's it's a little odd to see this peninsula off the coast of another country being claimed to be part of Russia. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit more about the repressions that Crimean Tartars are facing in Crimea. Do you know if how many people are still left? Is there still a community there? Like actually after the full-scale war, uh, we don't have exact number because too many people um, are disappeared or kidnapped. And actually, there are there many, many Crimean Tatars and some Ukrainians. Um, that's been in, that's uh, that's in Russian prisons in Crimea. Uh, and also, I know that just continuously Russians. Um, uh, conduct uh, searches in the houses of the Crimean Tatars and arrest them just for nothing. Uh, it happened also with some of my relatives in Crimea, that live in Crimea. So like Crimean Tatars, they're continuously targets. You, you mentioned they, they're arrested, they're, they're tortured, they're kidnapped basically for no reason. What? Yes. Do you th- if you just... were to give it a reason, what would the reason be? I think the reason is that we are indigenous people of Crimea and Russians, they just want to destroy the indigenous people uh, so that um, so that Russians uh, can leave Crimea and claim Crimea as a Russian land in the eyes of international community. So do you see it from the Russian perspective as being inconvenient that there are people there that were there yeah. longer than the Russian Empire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Crimean Tatars and Russians, they know that Crimean Tatars are pro-Ukrainian. Like even Crimean Tatars who live in Crimea, like many left uh, Crimea, but there are also many Crimean Tatars that live in Crimea and they support Ukraine. And when Ukraine will retake Crimea, I'm sure that there will be there will be many Crimean Tatars that would fight with Ukraine too, that would help Ukraine so, of course, it's very inconvenient for Russians. I want to talk a little bit about life in Crimea before 2014, because you mentioned a couple of things that were interesting to me. One, you chose Ukrainian as the language in school. So did you speak Ukrainian at home? Uh, like my father is Ukrainian, actually. Okay. And the family of my father is from Poltava region. So they spoke Ukrainian language in their home. In their family, um, and my the family of my mother, they speak uh, Crimean Tatar and Russian language. So, if in your life in Crimea before two thousand fourteen, when it was still you know Crimea as part of Ukraine, did you speak Ukrainian when you went out in public on the street? On public, unfortunately, no, because the majority the majority of people spoke Russian language. Initially, Russians, they say that they came to Crimea to protect Russian language, but this is a lie because no one ever like persecuted people in Ukraine who spoke Russian language. That This is a lie. 
The Russians say they came to Ukraine to protect the Russian language, but yeah. it doesn't seem like anyone was oppressing the Russian language in Ukraine at any time. Even um, like you were mentioning before, there was sort of a pro-Russian government in Ukraine yeah, yeah. in 2014. Was the opposite ever true? Did you ever experience any situation where speaking Ukrainian in Ukraine became an issue? Uh, like not an issue, but I remember when uh, if I spoke Ukrainian in Crimea or in the south of Ukraine where I lived, it would be considered like if I came from the western part of Ukraine. Okay, so people looked at you in a certain way is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like if I came from another part of Ukraine, like western Ukraine from Lviv, I remember that we only spoke uh, Ukrainian language in schools, but in real life, we didn't use it. And I think now it's good that Ukrainians switch to Ukrainian language. So just generally speaking, in Ukraine, before the, the full-scale war with Russia, <clears throat> the way that people interacted with one another would be like sort of like this. Somebody spoke Ukrainian somebody spoke Russian, but in general, it wasn't really even that big of a deal. Yeah. And now, if you were to speak Ukrainian in occupied Crimea, what do you think the consequences would be? Oh, I think I, I would be arrested. I could be arrested. Just for, for speaking a yeah. language. Yeah. Yes, yes. Let's say you were speaking Ukrainian. Because, but I, you... because I think if I speak Ukrainian in Crimea, it means that I support Ukraine. And it's already like, there will be questions about it. So what's your dream for Crimea in the future? Oh, I I dream to uh, go back to Crimea because it's my homeland. And I see uh, Crimea as a part of Ukraine, uh, where Ukrainian and Crimean Tatar culture and languages will flourish um, and develop. And I want to see, um, I want a happy and brilliant future for Crimea. And it's only possible in Ukraine, if Crimea will be a part of Ukraine, not Russia. All right, Leah, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much, too. I'm definitely going to be following your videos on social media. And I encourage everybody to find them too. You're you're on Instagram as um, it's Crimea Comeback, right? Yeah, yeah, Crimea Comeback. <laughs> so is that because you want to go back? Yeah, it is. So one last uh, question then. What's it going to take for you to be able to go back home? Only after the occupation of Crimea. Okay. Do you because, still... Uh, now, if I go back to Crimea, I would be arrested. You, because you think you'd be I arrested posted, because of I your videos? I already like, posted so many pro-Ukrainian things on the internet, and it's not a big deal to find information about me in in the web. All right. For so then, I definitely encourage people to check you out. Crimea, yeah, I want to. I want to tell you one story. Yeah, because please. I remember when I started to do my account in Instagram, Crimea Comeback, I made a post about uh, the mobilization of Crimean Tatars in Crimea, um, and that Russians forcibly like take Crimean Tatars uh, to Russian army. 
And so I remember this post got viral in Crimea too, and many Crimean Tatars they just repost, um, reposted my post to their story, Instagram story, etc. And uh, one, um, and then uh, Russian um, soldiers came to the house of one Crimean Tatar girl who posted my post to her story, and they just. Um, um, they they uh, assessed a fine. She had to pay a fine. Yeah, and she had to pay a she fine. She got a ticket. Yeah, yeah. And they asked, actually, Russian soldiers, like Russian police, they asked this girl about my account and who, who managed this account. Like, I remember, firstly, I didn't really show my face. I just started recently to record video with my face. But um, at that time, I did not. So they just wondered who is um, um, who is the admin of this account. So if I lived in Crimea, they would arrest me. Oh, so they were looking for you. Yeah. So Crimea come back on Instagram. The ideas which are illegal in Russian in Russia, yes, illegal in, <laughs> in Russia. occupied Ukraine. If you get caught. Uh, saying these things, I guess you get a ticket or worse. All right. Well, I'm, we're going to continue to follow your your activism, and I hope you know someday we'll be able to talk again when uh, you, uh, Crimea is deoccupied. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks for talking to me. Slava Ukraini. Heroin Slava. Bye bye.